What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stan Kozovac, and I'm bringing you the best of Croatia from around the globe. This episode is brought to you by Adriatic Tours, the best place since 1974 to book your cruises, tours, flights, and simply all things Croatia. Use the personalized code ALLTHINGSCROATIA to get a special discount and book your trip to Croatia today. For more information, go to www.adriatictours.com or click the link in the description. Now eat the modalje and let's get started. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today we have special guest Sam Tutic, or known as her stage name, Samsara. Sam is an Australian musician with Croatian roots who has hit singles, an album, and a brand new song written in Croatian. Uh, in this episode, we're going to meet the musician behind the music and hear about her inspiration for her new song, Neka Bude Mir. Sam, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for coming on. And so your new song, Neka Buna Mir, you've written in Croatian and you are releasing, I believe this on Friday in a few days here. Yeah, so um, it's actually tomorrow, my time. So tomorrow, uh, your time. <laughs> once again, the time zone is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> there um, it is. <laughs> And so obviously that pays tribute to your Croatian heritage. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, so both of my parents are Croatian. Um, my dad's side comes from Bosanska Gradiška um, and my mom's side comes from a little island off of Šibenik uh, called Kapan. Uh, so yeah, we've got really tight Croatian roots. However, I was born and raised in Melbourne um, but I've always been connected with my Croatian roots. Mm -hmm. Do you know what year your parents went over to Australia? Uh, they were born in Australia as well, uh -huh. um, but their parents, I think, came in uh, in the 70s, but don't quote me on it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't, don't I won't. <laughs> it was a long time ago for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure. But it's here as video but... evidence, just in case. Um, you, <laughs> so obviously, oh, <no. laughs> obviously, you know, you were around the Croatian culture a little bit growing up. I mean, you wrote the song in Croatian. Are you able to speak fluently? Um, how was that writing process for you? So, um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I've always been surrounded by the Croatian community. It's kind of inevitable. I've got a big Croatian family here in Australia, as well as a lot of family overseas. Um, you know, it's one of those scenarios where every second person you walk past is your cousin. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's kind of been inevitable to really just be connected with the community and those roots. Um, when I was six, I guess I kind of introduced myself into it. I did um, folkloric dancing um, at a little Croatian church in Clifton Hill called St. Nikola Tavlic with Mladi Hrvati. So that was a nice little intro for me. Um, and I've kind of always grown up dancing and being on stages anyway, since the age of four. Um, but yeah, um, the song, yeah, the way it just kind of came out was very natural. It just kind of flowed to me. It came out in my, you know, prominent language, which is English first. But when it came, you know, through, it, it was like an intuitive splurge that just fell onto the page of these words. And I just knew that this would be a song for Croatia. It would be an ode to my heritage. And it's about that. 
Um, so yeah, and you know, I mean, I went to Croatia for the first time when I was 12 um, and that really just opened my eyes a lot and it just it made me connect with my heritage on a whole other level. And it's always been a dream of mine to play in Croatia. So looks like my music is calling me there now. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so you said your first time was when you were 12. Have you been back since? Yes, um, I went three years ago in 2019, whenever, however long ago that is now. <laughs> um, and that was, it's always been for like months at a time, um, which I've been very lucky and fortunate to be able to do that. Um, and so, yeah, it's always just so nice to go back and I'll be going back next year as well and bring my music there as well. Awesome. Yeah. And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but first, mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about how, um, you know, you got started musically? What, what was your first instrument? You know, how did you, what was the first song you wrote? When did you really start? Okay. So, I mean, I kind of feel like I came into this life, um, with, you know, loving music, the passion for music and wanting to be involved in music in every single way. Um, so I, I don't really remember a time where I wasn't into music. Um, I also have my dad who's always been in bands growing up and he was very involved in the Croatian community too growing up. He used to play piano accordion um, for the folklore. Um, he played Sydney Opera House and did all of that. So um, I think that he's he's the person who, and my mum loves music, she always has as well. So they've been very supportive in that kind of aspect. And so to me, music has just always been around me and I've always been immersed in it. Um, the first instrument I played was obviously the vocals. Then I learned guitar, acoustic guitar. Um, but I also know how to play Native American flute now too. Wow. How did you learn that? Yeah, um, it's just something I picked up. I just, one day I was like, okay, um, I just had this calling. I need to buy a flute. I need a flute. I need a Native American flute. I need to know how to play it. Um, and so I got it. And it's actually really funny because just the other day I had this conversation with my dear dad um, and he was telling me, I was telling him how I'm learning this flute and his dad, um, Turns out he used to play the flute as well, the native flute. It was this massive flute and he used to play it on the streets and children would just come and watch him and be in awe and it's just insane. <laughs> but I didn't even know that. <laughs> so just a, a crazy coincidence, huh? Yeah, well, he was also a poet and he also used to sing in all the churches. So I guess that's one of my ancestors that I'm spiritually connected with in some way yeah that's got to be more than a coincidence it's such a yeah. you know, random thing that can happen like that and how does yeah, that even it's unreal. can you like cover songs with that I mean I'm sure there's not a lot of music written with that instrument I mean are you playing other music are you creating your own music with that I've always my original music has always come first for me um so that's yeah, really just where I channel a lot of my time and energy into. Um, I haven't tried playing any covers with the flute, but I mean, I'm sure if I wanted to, I could try. But um, I think that the Native American flute is more of an instrument that you honour in the sense where 
you let it's it's all about being connected with this flow and whatever note comes out whatever wherever your hands go is it's this intuitive way of playing this instrument and that's kind of because it's got healing benefits as well and it's in that 432 hertz of the same as um Nekabura Mir, which is coming out tomorrow um so it's all about that just following this intuitive flow and that's how music gets created and yeah hmm. well you mentioned the 432 hertz and i did want to ask about that because i heard something about that i think there's a couple right it's not just 432 but there's a couple other frequencies yes there's a whole there's a whole bunch and i think it's called the so solfeggio frequencies um so yeah but this 432 hertz is it's called the beat of the earth and um, pretty much in 1940, uh, it became an international standard to change the music to 440 hertz, which actually goes against the beat of the earth, the beat of the universe, the beat of us as humans, our nature, everything. Um, whereas 432 hertz is in perfect alignment with the flow of nature, the flow of us, the flow of the universe um and so with that it comes with healing properties so it's known to uh, relieve stress and tension from the body and the mind releasing uh blocks in our energy uh helping with anxiety um it re helps release serotonin and endorphins which um help keep the heart rate and blood pressure stable um, and it's also really great for spiritual development and connecting with higher consciousness. And there's so much more. And there's scientific studies out there that prove all of this as well. Um, but yeah, there's even, uh, you know, healers and theorists um, at the moment that are experimenting with 432 Hertz in restoring the memory of people who have Alzheimer's and restoring basic bodily movements of those who've stuffed, suffered from strokes. So there's hmm. there's all sorts of um, healing benefits from this frequency. It's incredible. Huh. Yeah, to me, that always seems like an underfunded or under-researched, um, you know, area of study. Yeah, but you know what? The thing is, is that all it takes is for you to do your own research to feel it really I mean when you listen to these frequencies you can feel the difference in your body in your heart your soul everything you just know so you feel you feel the effects of it when you listen to music or yeah. even when you play music like that yeah and to me um honestly music has always been a, a profound powerful healing force in the world I've always been a firm believer of that no matter what frequency music has always had the capability to heal and to evoke you know emotions um but it you know it's good to understand the science behind it as well and to really you know make sure that you're connecting with you know the good frequencies that are just going to really help with that flow mm -hmm. and is that something that's done like at the instrument level that you're changing the tuning or is that something in like post-production yeah that's something that's literally from the core of the song. It's like, as soon as you're writing that song, you're writing it in 432, or at least that's how I work. I mean, I'm sure everyone's different. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. I want to talk a little bit about your career now. Um, and, you know, you being so young, I want to know how did, how did your career really take off 
the way it did. I mean, you have you've won awards over there in Australia. You've been touring apparently all over Australia, and now yeah, you're going to go to go abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Um, it's been a wild journey. It's been absolutely amazing, and I'm very grateful for every single second of it. Um, I'm a big believer in faith, honestly. And when one is in, you know, alignment with their purpose in this lifetime and whether you call it a God-given purpose or whether you call it a life mission, when we're in alignment with that um, unique part of ourself and we're coming from the heart, which is very important, it's always important to come from the heart, everything just flows and you always just kind of end up wherever you're meant to be somehow. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can't really tell you. It all just kind of happened. Um, it, it literally did. Yeah. Yeah. You're just living, living through it, living in the moment. Well, you had, you had yeah, some so hit singles that I believe you started out with were the singles and then you went on to an album that you self-produced. So what does that mean yes. exactly? You were, you were playing all the instruments, you um, did all the production of it. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I released my, uh, you know, singles before that. And then, um, and that's, I was touring all of Australia, playing all of Australia's biggest festivals, playing the theatres, doing all of that um, fun stuff. Um, and then over the last couple of years, I've re released as well my own self-produced album, which is called Incolescent. Um, and when I say self-produced, I mean like from the bottom to the end, uh, from the start to the end, um, I created it all myself. So played it all, um, produced it like on, you know, technology, how music is produced, um, mixed and mastered it, did all of it uh, wow. myself, which has been such a nice experience just to um really bring my visions to life hmm. yeah that's true you have all the creative control over it but at the same time I'm sure that's so much work and I mean that's such a long process it is <laughs> it's a lot of work you have to be dedicated <laughs> and you have to be very passionate <laughs> yeah are you looking to do that again in the future or is it going to be easier to you know have someone help with all of that uh, well, this is what I've done with Neka Budamir as well, um, except I did have my brother come in and play some guitar in it, which was awesome. He's an incredible guitarist. So, um, and he'll be coming to Croatia with me next year as well to play and play shows, play wherever we end up. But um, yes, yeah, so I think that is definitely something I will stick to because it gives me a lot of freedom to write whenever I want to write and let things intuitive flow as they do because I find that sometimes when we're locked into a studio and other people get involved I just find that sometimes that natural flow of freedom kind of can get um suppressed a little bit mm -hmm. well you you just brought up the the tour again in Croatia and I think it's time we we go over that I mean that, <laughs> that's so exciting when did you make that decision uh, again, when I released, when I made this song, uh, it all just came to me and I knew that I was going to be going to Croatia as soon as I possibly could be after the last three years. Um, and then this song came to me um, and that's, it was just a knowing. It was just a, okay, I'm going to Croatia and I'm going to be singing this song. And 
you know, I'm a big believer of, as like I said before, wherever I'm meant to be, I will be. And wherever my music takes me is where I'm needed, is where my music will be of most benefits. So, yeah, looks like that's Croatia. And honestly, it's the place I hold most dear and most close to my heart. So it's going to, I'm very excited for it. Do you know which month you're going in yet? Um, it will be in around June, July. Oh, that's nice. So you'll have the summer. Months. Yeah, yeah, for a few months. So it'll be a nice long run. And have you booked any um, tour dates yet? Or are you just going to go with the flow that once you get here? That is all yet to be announced. That is all <laughs> yet to be announced. So you'll have to stay tuned. Great. Yeah, we won't leak that on here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And actually, you know, don't go anywhere, you know, to our viewers and listeners here. And if you're uh, listening, actually, I guess I'll, I'll cut it to just an audio also, but go on the YouTube because we're going to get an acoustic version of Neka Budemir, thanks to Sam. And, um, you know, Sam, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast here and talking a little bit about yourself. I like the song you sent me. I guess I got the pre-release. Was that what I got? Yes, yes, you did. Awesome. <laughs> so one of the first, maybe 10, maybe 100 people, yeah. 10 people. <laughs> Let's say I was the first person. You were definitely up there. You were definitely up there. <laughs> I'll just say I was the first. First person to hear the song in its entirety. <laughs> and now, uh... sure. It definitely wasn't my D-Day or anything, you know? <laughs> no, no. It was <laughs> Okay, top 10. I'll go top 10. And now we're going to get a, uh, maybe which is the first acoustic version. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Sam, for coming on the podcast and we'll, we'll get the acoustic version going right now. No worries. Fala puno. See you next time. <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> 